Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries. This is today's episode of our Truth Tidbits as we continue reading through the scriptures this year. Today we are still in the book of Romans, of course, and we will be here for quite some time yet. But we are going to make a little more progress in chapter 8 today, and we should be able to finish that, I'm hoping, within the next couple of two or three episodes and move into chapter 9. So today, as we look at Romans chapter 8, I want to read verses 28 through 30, and that's where we'll be today. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. So let's talk about this. And today we will try to gain some understanding about these verses. And some of these have been perhaps misunderstood, misinterpreted in the past. So let's see if we can bring a little bit of clarity. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. In the last episode, we looked at that in a good bit of detail. And we looked at the examples of Moses and of Joseph and of David in the sense of how God weaves a beautiful tapestry through all kinds of experiences and things that we go through in life. And yet he makes a beautiful piece of art from those experiences, no matter what they are. The Bible tells us here, he tells us clearly that for those who love God and are the called according to his purpose, he weaves all of those things together for good. And we saw that. Now, he mentions in verse 28 that this is for all those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. And those would be those that Paul has been speaking about here in the book of Romans that are now believers in Jesus Christ, have received his finished work on the cross, believed in that, received him as their Lord and Savior, and now are justified by faith alone. Where he's talking about here, those that are called according to his purpose. I want to look and hopefully gain a little bit more clarity through this passage in Matthew chapter 22. And I want to read verses 1 through 14. Matthew chapter 22. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding and they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. 
Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guest, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, Friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. All right, let's take this and also what we just read in Romans chapter 8 about all things working together for good, all who are called according to his purpose. In the parable Jesus gave, many were called, many were invited. As a matter of fact, I believe the parable is trying to tell us that the invitation is for any and all. But few were chosen, few accepted the invitation and RSVP'd, so to speak, and came with the wedding garments on. Few responded. These are the called that Paul is speaking of here in Romans chapter 8. Is those that when they were invited, when they were given the gospel of Jesus Christ, and when they chose to receive it and believe in Jesus when he invited them, they then became his chosen. They became the ones that were called according to his purpose. In concordance with and in the likeness of and proportion to God's purpose, his intention, his predetermination, his setting forth. Now why? Paul explains, verses 29 through 30. These have been somewhat misinterpreted and are somewhat controversial. But I want to let Scripture interpret Scripture and also recognize that we must take the whole counsel of God to be able to understand something. So notice what it tells us here, that God foreknew. That means that he knew beforehand. I love how months says that it also includes being appointed, pre-appointed for future privileges. Now, God foreknew. Let's look at a passage from Isaiah that speaks of that. In Isaiah chapter 46, I want to read beginning in verse 9. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Praise be to God. God is from everlasting to everlasting, the psalmist tells us. He sees the end from the beginning. He knows the end from the beginning. He tells us that as well. So, to understand what this means, God foreknows because he already sees the end from the beginning. And the best way that I can help you understand that is by using the illustration of a parade. 
and a blimp that is high above the parade. Because if you're in the blimp high above the parade, you can see where it starts, you can see where it ends, you can see every point in between and exactly who are the players in that parade. You know, you can tell what bands are there, you can tell how many bands are there, you can tell how many cars are driving by and how many horses are riding by and you can see it all from one end of the parade to the other. And that's the best way that I can illustrate how God, who is the God of heaven, sees all, sees from the end to the beginning and from the beginning to the end. And so he knows that already. So it says, whom he foreknew, he already knows who will choose him. He already knew ahead of time who will receive Jesus and believe in him. And so he then predestines those. That word is talking about to mark out in advance, to specify in advance, or predetermine. It's used in Acts chapter 4, verse 28, of the predetermined death of Jesus at the hands of his killers. It's used in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 17, of the hidden wisdom from eons before that is now being revealed in the New Testament. And I want to also read you another place where this is used because this connects with what Paul is using it in Romans chapter 8 and helps us understand it a little bit more. There's many similarities and you can see them as I read this. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 through 12. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So there again, we're chosen even before the foundation of the world because he knew who will receive him. Verse 5, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Paul's already told us in Romans chapter 8 about how we are adopted. Verse 6 of Ephesians 1, To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in, in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. Now, there's several similarities here, but I wanted to read that to help us understand more about 
this being predestined. Predestined, the, the Greek word used, also includes the concept of being limited or mark, marking territory or limit, setting a limit in advance or a boundaries. So why do I bring that up? Because Paul says in Romans 8 that we are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So in other words, that's the, that's the marking, that's the, the boundary or the likeness that we are to be made into is into the image of his son so that we would conform to that. We would be made like unto that. It doesn't mean we're going to be made in a sense of deity like Christ. No, not at all. But we will be made in character like him, made kind of in nature like him. We're partakers of the nature of God, according to the authors in the New Testament as well. It's kind of like the what would Jesus do if you, those of you that might remember when that was a big thing and we had all the WWJD bracelets and all that kind of stuff way back several years ago. But learning and being conformed to the likeness of Jesus so that when we are faced with situations, we would respond as Jesus would respond. We will please the Father and seek to honor him at all times like Jesus would do. Do you see? So predestination is simply where God who foresees all, sees the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end, knows exactly who will choose him. You see, this is where scripture, interpreting scripture and using the whole counsel of God comes in. It's not that God handpicked, okay, you're in and you're not, poof, you're, you're out. I don't, I don't like you. I don't want you, but I want you. No, it has nothing to do with that. The Bible tells us in other places that it's the will of the Lord that no one perish, but that all come to repentance, to know him, to faith in Jesus Christ. God wants everyone saved. So he's not made choices randomly just at a, at a whim. He's not decided like that. But he sees ahead of time those you know, it's like that blimp over the parade. He sees exactly what's going to transpire. So he sees every person and how they will respond to the gospel when it's presented to them. So he knows who's going to receive it, who's going to say, yes, I believe in Jesus. I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want Jesus to come into my heart and my life and be my Lord and Savior. He knows the ones who will say that. And he knows the ones who'll say, nope, not interested, and reject him. So those that choose him, he foreknows them, and then he predestines them to the boundary or the marking or the territory of becoming like Jesus Christ inside, in their character. He marks it out ahead of time because of the determination of his own counsel. Praise be to God. It tells us that we are predestined. It says we are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Or in other words, he might have a big family. 
Jesus is the firstborn of many brothers and sisters. It's speaking about his family, and he's already told us in Romans chapter 8 earlier about us now being brought into a position and a condition of being joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So these that he has foreknew, knew ahead of time, would receive him. He predestines them to these future privileges, to these blessings, joint heirs with Jesus Christ, and to being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And these whom he predestines, these he also calls. He invites, he chooses them. They're called to fellowship. It includes being called into one's presence to spend time with them, to be a part of the family, to dine with them. Revelation 3.20 tells us about the church at Laodicea and how the Lord is standing outside the door knocking, saying, please, I want to fellowship with you. I'll come in and sit and we'll dine together. We'll have a meal together. We'll talk. We'll fellowship together. So that's included in this word for called. It also means that someone is called to a task, meaning that they are enabled to partner and serve together. He calls us and gives us gifts. Paul will talk about that later in the book of Romans, that we have varying gifts to use in the service of the Lord. So he says that these that he foreknew, and he predestined, and he called them, now these are the ones that are justified, not because God randomly chose, I'll justify you and I want you. No, but because the promise in his word is that all who will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and call upon him for salvation will be saved, born again of the spirit of God. And then God, as the just judge, declares them righteous and justifies them. So they've heard the gospel and they have believed and therefore now God justifies them. And then these that are now justified, every believer in Jesus Christ, every true Christian who has been justified by faith alone in Jesus Christ will be glorified. It says these he glorifies, meaning that he secures our eternal inheritance as a sharer in it. He's already told us a little bit about this in earlier verses when he talked about us being heirs, joint heirs with Christ and heirs of God. We are guaranteed eternal life and a home in heaven. Our blessed hope is when Jesus will come for us and take us there. I want to close now with just a, a final passage or two from Scripture. I want to read in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, and I want to read verse 10, and then I want to jump down and read verse 13 through 16. In verse 10, he's talking about Abraham here, and he says, For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Then in verse 13, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but 
having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Praise God. Our eternal home is in heaven. It's not here on this earth. We're merely pilgrims and strangers here. We're passing through. Our eternal home is ahead in heaven for every believer, every true believer and true Christian, follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, ones who have been justified by faith alone. We will have a glorified new body. We will live in a glorified state and in a glorified life that is ahead of us. It's promised and secured for all believers in Jesus Christ because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross that God accepted when he raised him from the dead. That's the basis for why God can justify us by faith alone. Jesus writes our names in the Lamb's book of life. When we believe in Jesus Christ, he himself will write our names. I want to direct you to Psalm 87, verses 5 and 6. And in my Thy Kingdom Come Bible study teaching series, lesson 6, I go into in detail about the Lamb's book of life, being born again, and, and how and when the names are written in, etc., but the Lamb's Book of Life is the citizenry record for heaven. And if your name is there, because you've believed in Jesus Christ, your home is in heaven. And God promises that we will be glorified one day. Praise be to God. I pray that this has been a blessing to you. And Lord willing, you can join us again for future episodes of Truth Tidbits. God bless you in Jesus' name.